again, everybody, and welcome back to Seasonal Sampler, your guide to the new anime airing each season. I'm your host, Evan Minto, which hopefully you probably already know uh, from from the main Anime Gamers podcast. And with me once again is Ink. Welcome back. Hope you haven't forgotten me. <laughs> He's still here. He's still uh, still hanging around for some reason. Good to have you here, Ink. It's because I'm the only one who will watch seasonal anime with you, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think David was kind of uh, kicking around the idea of doing this, but but I don't know if we could get him to watch watch seasonal anime. You can barely get me to do it. So anyway, uh, welcome welcome to this this episode. We are talking about the spring 2022 season uh which uh we'll we'll do our normal format so in a little bit we will be talking about the shows that we checked out uh the premieres we checked out for spring 2022 and uh for that we're going to talk about what we actually watched from last season from winter 2022 uh i i think i feel like we should address though just like the you know for the historical record anybody listening back through this this is the first season where uh post crunchyroll funimation merger uh i mean i think it was it was announced Mm. before last season but this is the uh the first one where it's effective where funimations like all of their shows are now on crunchyroll crunchyroll is the place to watch honestly basically everything except for the few shows that netflix and high dive get which makes everything nice and easier and accessible in one place but uh you know you guys have already had your words about the uh yeah monopoly in place bit, so bit of a bit of a monopoly uh to be honest i'm not sure you know this is not a show where we do a lot of industry analysis but uh i'm not sure that this will hold because i think that like the a monopoly like this in the anime industry tends to be kind of disrupted in some form or another there was a time when crunchyroll and funimation were uh were like kind of joining forces and like doing stuff on verve um and i i felt like that also sort of that that, that only lasted a couple of years right mm. um and i would wonder if japanese publishers are going to be like okay well then we will find a way around this like sony anaplex monster that's like monopolizing all of our content we need another but fan we'll subgroup to start another crunchy roll that's not crunchy <laughs> yeah that's right that's right <laughs> yeah yeah uh so yeah basically everything on this list except for one show is uh is something that we watched on crunchy roll which is pretty remarkable honestly but before we get to that what did you watch in uh, winter 2022 ink what did you actually uh, follow through on uh it took i i actually watched this title uh in the in between so the winter 21 had actually ended and it was in that little anime wasteland uh between seasons but i did catch all of uh, orbital children because it's all of uh oh. six episodes yep. long i think that's uh i really want to watch that but i'm uh pulling an evan minto as i am want to do so I haven't finished watching Deno Coil, so I don't feel qualified to watch Orbital Evan. Children. <laughs> Evan. Yep. Uh, the reason for that, for anybody listening who doesn't know what Orbital Children is, is because it is the what is it? Sort of spiritual successor to Deno Coil. Not like it's not an exact sequel, is it? No, not at all. I don't think. Yeah. It's, it's just the same by the same director. director. 
yeah, Mitsuo Iso and very much in the same style, right? Same kind of character design style and everything. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Thematically similar, right? Like, because he's really into like kind of future tech, like near future tech and stuff. And so it's, what is it? Space travel? Uh, it's, well, space habitation. And because uh, mm. it involves these kids who grew up on the moon and has something, you know, their development was actually um, not possible, but then made possible by science uh, via these dissolvable implants, but the implants go wrong. Mm. And uh, there's, a, there's a whole thing with, you know, the, the consumerism behind space visitation and what other people are actually trying to do on other planets and, you know, the benefits for society back on Earth. Um, it's a lot of, a lot of neat tech stuff, but unfortunately the, the, the story just felt really kind of jammed together and wasn't oh, nearly as enjoyable as, as Deno, Deno Coil. Huh? Yeah. I, I felt like I wasn't sure if it was the Netflix effect, but I just didn't see that much chatter about it. You know, like when it first came out, people were talking about it and then, you know, this happens with a lot of Netflix stuff. It just sort of disappeared. And it's such a shame um, too, because this is a, a six episode contained series as opposed to Deno Coil, which was 12 or 24. Um, I think it's 24. Yeah. And like, I love short condensed stories, but like, I felt like this really needed more room to breathe. <laughs> so I just can't have it either way. That's... Yeah. That's a shame. So you watched that. Uh, what about this big list of stuff that you checked out last season? Did you finish any of those? Uh, let's see. I'm still technically watching. I'm Kodama Kawashiri, the most powerful anime there is this season or last. I think I watched, I watched one more episode of that, but I didn't, uh, I didn't follow up on more. Oh, you've got to see the, uh, the, I think it's like the, the intimidation frogs or something like that. <laughs> it was, it was, a okay. br- it was a brilliant episode. I think it's not this last one, but the one before it. I'll have to discover what that could possibly mean. The intimidation frogs. Yeah, they're brilliant. Um, I also did uh, follow through on Futsal Boys, which was definitely a horrible sports anime. You can go listen on uh, Taiku Podcast whenever that episode comes out. You are the expert after all. I try to keep myself entertained while watching cartoons. Uh, Ranking of Kings, uh, which finished up. And uh, Yamishibai, which was like the best Yamishibai since either the first or second season. Yeah, I uh, I did watch Ranking of Kings, but I didn't finish it because it's me. I did get through the first half, the first season of it, but uh, I haven't finished the second one yet. I do know there was some chatter about uh, there was some bad politics in it that cropped up during the winter season, right? Yeah, there was a... Uh, a- a shot for shot sort of representation of a village in, and I'm, I'm going to show my complete lack of historical understanding, but a, um, a town where the Japanese uh, invaded in Korea, I want to say. I think it's Korea is what yeah. I saw people talking about. Yeah. And, uh, and this is actually something I was kind of waiting for that shoe to drop because back when it was first announced and I did a little bit of Twitter searching and stuff, I, I saw there was some chatter about the manga uh, having some kind of nationalist themes at some point. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder if we're going to hit that in the anime. And then we did. Yeah. And I've, if I'm, I'm, I've totally already begun to forget, forget, uh, what I watched, but, uh, if memory holds, it was actually contextualized as a bad thing 
in the anime, so I'm not sure if it was legitimately horrible that it was there um, or how mm. it was framed. Because it might have actually been saying, hey, look, this is a horrible thing and we're having our characters do horrible things so you get how horrible they are. Um, so it might have been that. But I also yeah. am old and forgetting things, so don't at me. Uh, and I can't comment on it because I haven't gotten that far. I think I'm maybe two episodes into that second season. Totally worthwhile, and, though. That was through, oh, it's, through the end. It was just a remarkable fairy tale. It was beautiful. Yeah. Does it does it have a solid ending? Because I know the manga is pretty long and ongoing. So it does. Like it does. I wasn't sure how it ended. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So Ranking of Kings, I love. So to be clear, this is the usual Evan thing of uh, I actually really, really like it. Uh, and I just haven't finished it yet. So it's not uh, not for lack of liking it, just for lack of being good at watching television shows. Uh, and then nothing else. I watched nothing else. I, I watched more first episodes than you last season and finished zero shows. <laughs> I think it's a good defense mechanism, though, because if you only watch something and you're impressed by it and then stop, it can just keep being that good in your head. That's true. This is something for my therapist, I guess. <laughs> Some psychology going on there, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, so... I mean, honestly, there weren't that many good shows last season. Looking at the list, there were a handful that like not a lot of great shows that really jumped out at me. I think there were a couple like decent ones, but I think the ones that I still kind of have, you know, looking back a season later is like, hmm, maybe I'd like to go back and finish that is like Sabiku Ibisco and um, Wrecker and the Rose King, which I, by the way, someone pointed out, I neglected to mention that it has an intersex main character, which was one of the interesting things about that first episode. Uh, so that is something I'd also like to go back to and check out. Um, and beyond that, yeah, I mean, I guess Kodama Kawashiri. Those are the ones that, like, were, you know, if, if I had to spend my limited time on Earth going back and actually watching things I missed in previous seasons, that's what I would do on those. Uh, but Ranking of Kings is number one for me my priorities anything else that you really liked no i i honestly because uh the orbital children was a, a one marathonable thing futsal boys i marathoned also right before i did the taiku, taiku podcast because it was a a slog to get through any other way um so i was basically just watching a short or two shorts and ranking of kings so it was a nice season Nice season to be <laughs> yeah, away yeah. from anime. <laughs> right, right. Speaking of nice seasons, quite a few kind of cool shows this season. So let's talk about spring 2022. You want to go first? I'm, I'm going to go with the sole anime not on Crunchyroll that's really worth your watch, uh, which is Ya Boy Koming. Everybody's talking about it. And by everybody, I mean people that we follow. I'm sure that it's like the least popular show of the season or something like that. But, you know, we follow all the weirdos. And all it is is, you know, an ancient Chinese strategist. Uh, it, it's, a, it's an isekai, but it's from the historical past into the fictional present. And uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. Uh, this, this, you know, war strategist's ends up dying in his time and then reincarnating or just sort of teleporting because he's the same exact body in person right down to the dress. But he's uh, now in our time and he comes across this uh, 
songstress uh, at a at a bar, and she just kind of blows him away with her singing. And he vows right then and there. He's like, "I am going to make you the best singer songwriter the world has ever known." And you know, he he ends up using war strategies to develop her uh, her draw as an artist, and that's basically the the whole premise of the show. But it's done with this absolutely earnest uh, humor and uh, love for hokey jokes that just carry it all the time. It's the, the concept of this is so deep in like stuff that you would not really expect to hit in the West, which is also why I think there's probably not that many people watching it in reality. Mm. Right. Uh, so I had to look some of this up. Like the actual name in Japanese is Paripi Kome. Yes. So I believe that Kongming is a character from Romance of the Three Kingdoms, which is uh, you know very very famous in Asia, much less famous here. And the Japanese title is Paripi, which is I had to look this up. Party people is what it is a a. Uh, an abbreviation for and so like the it's a kind of liberal translation like yeah boy to try to be try to communicate that idea in english so i haven't seen it but uh i guess yeah what you're saying it sort of tracks with with what i know just from like looking up what it's about yeah and you might have a little bit of a connection with it like you know striking out on your own as a musical entity but uh it's uh, largely just an enjoyable farce and just some real good natured sort of human fun. It's like yeah, what Muta King was for me a couple seasons ago. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in checking it out in part because it's just it's just so like weird and again not very accessible to an American audience, which I find interesting. <laughs> uh, but I guess you're enjoying it, and I I'm assuming you don't really have much of a connection to party p to party people or to romance of the three kingdoms no but i will say the opening is slamming like and i just know i sound old when i say slamming but it's fucking slamming it's just this uh it's a cover of a, a pop song evidently but it's 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 an earworm like you wouldn't believe i mean it's got to be if it's about party people right which <laughs> exactly i don't even really know what that is but i think it, it's like you know crazy you know people it's constantly going out to parties and whatever something like that that's my sense i looked up some photos uh but but i think we're gonna have an article about that coming up on any gamers from uh inaki that i think will explain it in much better detail than i can as someone very much on the outside of all of that nice Let's see. Let's see. For me, uh, I did watch a. We we have a, a fair amount of crossover here. Let's talk about Love After World Domination, which uh, I had read the first chapter of the manga of this a long time ago. Uh, this is pretty cute. It's like a a pretty unique premise. Uh, kind of a little bit similar in setting to Miss Kuroitsu from the Monster Development Department mm. from last season and this is a super sentai team and the villain i mean it's like off-brand sentai team right not not officially super sentai uh and the the super villainous that they're 
fighting against and so the the red you know team leader uh the sort of red ranger he is not just like they're not just in love with each other but they're literally dating and then they have to keep it a secret and like uh, a lot of the gags are them kind of like sort of secretly whispering things to each other while they're fighting and trying to make sure that their their henchmen or their teammates don't don't figure out that they're in love with each other uh, and I I, th- I think it's it's it was pretty cute the first episode. Um, it gets a fair amount of mileage out of that premise, but like a lot of these rom coms, the the question is always like, how much more mileage is there in mm-hmm. that premise? Yeah, and I, I watched two episodes. I was actually just going to queue up the third tonight. I believe it uh, is available now, but uh, I had the same exact reaction. I was I was legitimately surprised at how much I liked the first and I was like okay good that's a solid joke and I don't see it getting anywhere else and then the second episode did you know did right by its concept and followed through and you know actually made me watch the whole thing without ADD switching over to you know any sort of other stream or whatever and uh, I think that's the way I'm gonna watch it is the second it lets me get tired I'm going to stop watching it but it has been thoroughly entertaining so far. So I'd say definitely watch as long as you're interested. Yeah, this will maybe connect to some other stuff I'm going to bring up. But uh, I feel like the premise does have a, a little bit more legs than the glut of uh, single couple high school rom-coms that are coming out right now where I'm just like, okay, sure, you all have a very slight different premise going on but it's it's basically just like watch these kids be cute together mm-hmm. and I, I can see a lot more potential for like playing with the genre conventions of sentai stuff in love after world domination agree it seems a little more more out there more material to work with plus they're adults so yeah they're adults that's true so it mixes it up a little bit uh and they they have some fun stuff with like yeah the kind of character types are just a little bit different right because they're like he's a, uh, like a Chad, you know, bodybuilder, uh, Sentai guy. Like it's just, it's a little different from what you you're used to in like high school rom coms. So that's fun. Well, I guess if I guess if we're talking uh, adult focused uh, characters, then we can talk Spy X Family uh, or Spy Cross Family. Is it? I guess just Spy Family. Spy Family. Like Hunter Hunter. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so we'll talk uh, Spy Family, which is. I know a lot of people were looking forward to this because this is like a hugely mm-hmm. popular manga. Um, yeah, it's a I'd, jump manga. I'd never read it, um, but I decided like, oh, okay, so many people are after this. I'll check out the anime at least. And uh, it it is thoroughly enjoyable. The comedy is like right on spot. And that's really, it's the premise is there's a spy who has to go on a mission. And for this mission, he requires... A, a person to stand in as his wife and someone to stand in as his kid. And he's this like super serious spy who's like, okay, well, I can get either of those and then just do away with them, like, you know, disavow of them or whatever after the job's done because only the job matters. And um, he ends up, you know, getting a kid before he gets a wife. And the the kid is one of the most perfect kids. But of course unbeknownst to him at least as of yet she's uh, a telepath and can read minds and the wife he ends up getting is this ultra 
like effective assassin <laughs> and it's 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 a wonderful comedy about a, a really dysfunctional family um that you know you could see the bonds of love are just dying to grow between but like all the humor is there and the the spy setting is just for uh, to i guess to introduce some turbulence in that the way of that love or help to develop, develop that love but uh it's it's really enjoyable the writing's right on point yeah it's a pretty easy elevator pitch because really like you know you gave a, a nice uh summary but the elevator pitch is a spy and an assassin get married and they have a kid who's a psychic and none of the three know the identity of the other ones hmm. and so it's yeah it's all about them like keeping the secret from each other uh, I have read a bunch of this manga, but I, I kind of fell off after a while. Uh, my issue with Spy Family is I think it's initially a lot of fun in the manga. And for me, this isn't really like a, a cr- criticism that's applicable to everybody. But for me, it gets it, it gets too heavy on kind of just domestic comedy and like cuteness. And what I wanted more of was kind of action comedy and like specifically playing around with like the fact that these two like the parents can kill each other right like or or kill other people right like and it, it gets a little too cozy after a bit hmm. where it's just about like oh may they really love each other maybe right like and it's still it's doing comedy with that but it's a little too uh soft for what i was looking for and i've been told by people that later on it gets more into like action comedy stuff which is what i was hoping for but the beginning has more of that. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think you're you're enjoying that, at least uh, in the first couple episodes. I only watched episode one of this, but uh, I did think it was a really good adaptation. Like, the production is good, which is kind of what I expect from a weekly show and jump adaptation, right? It's, it's a pretty uh, high-profile adaptation. Uh, and, yeah, it looks really good. There's a lot of good animation in it. Uh, the... The manga has really fantastic character designs too that are brought over to the screen really well. And, you know, I mean, people were already having a lot of fun with that manga with Anya's uh, reaction shots. And so I think the anime has continued that tradition. Anya is the the psychic kid who's like, she's she's really little, right? She's like six or something. She's very mm. cute. Adorable. Yeah. 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 You got to have a good reaction shot character. She's like, uh, like Yotsuba. Right. And Yotsubato, she's like that kind of, you know, doing the wacky reaction shots. Elliot Page is going to kill me because I've never seen or read Yotsuba. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, it's it's great. It's actually kind of a predecessor to this, right? Because in terms of other genres that are in right now, and at least like, you know, in the past like 10 years, I guess, is like dad raising a little girl manga and anime, right? Which is... Or, or father figure raising a little girl, and like that's totally what what this is. Mm, yeah, definitely. So, how about you? Let's see. Uh, we did Spy Family. Let's talk about Shikimori, another kind of high profile uh, adaptation that you know people were anticipating. Uh, Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie is an adaptation of a, I forget what magazine it's in, it's a Konancho manga that is uh, like, it's what I was a little bit complaining about. There's a, we're in a bit of a renaissance, I think, for like 
what I would describe as single couple shonen rom com. So not like not harems, right? Uh, we're talking about stuff where it's like, and it's like straight couples exclusively is kind of what this genre tends to be, right? So it's it's a boy and a girl in high school, uh, and then you know they're friends, right? Uh, which has always existed, but I feel like there's a lot of them nowadays. We we tend to talk about like usually at least two per season, mm. uh, and Shikimori's. The, there's always like the, some kind of twist. So the twist in this one is that uh, the main boy is very, he has very bad luck and he's sort of, sort of weak and just nice and kind of, kind of boring. He's like, he's, he's uh, maybe a slightly more canonically acknowledged version of the boring milk toast harem protagonist in that, like the characters in the show actually talk about like in contrast with his girlfriend, he is he's like not really doing that much and his girlfriend is super cute and then also sometimes super cool oh, she's uh, always so she's, super cool yeah well no she's she's cute a lot more than i expected in and like you know embarrassed and stuff in in the show but the idea is that she is the sort of prince character she's like i mean she has pink hair she's i feel like utina is definitely a reference mm. for her character type here and yeah, she's that kind of like, uh, kind of slightly masculine girl who's like really cool all the time. Kakoi instead of kawaii. I know. So uh, the joke is basically this guy has a perfect girlfriend, and it's like very very cute. Uh, but for me, I'm. I, it's just not really, not really for me. There's like not enough jokes. Like the joke is just Shikimori is great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a pretty similar reaction. I, I do f- still find it fun to watch just because of how I, I just like to watch the number of atrocities that befall the main character. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I really want to just see how far they're going to push that. <laughs> and, uh, and beyond that, it's, it, it is a one gag thing, and it's just like uh, what Comey can't communicate uh, or stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Comey can't communicate was the main comparison i thought of because like that's the most recent one that is also just like very cute couple with like a single gimmick attached to the female character right yeah and like you were saying the friends are all like why are you with her like Mm -hmm. or why is she with you rather and you know it's the same thing on the other on the other show uh because you know it's well He's the one who reached out. Although I don't think we actually know why these two are actually together. We don't know their origin story yet. But uh, either way, it's just watching a, a, a thing play out. And yeah, it's. Uh, I'll keep watching it as long as it keeps amusing me. Yeah, I think so like, far it's done it. So far, I've, I've I've not found any reason to quit. There's a, there's an audience for these things. Like some people just they do really like just watching this couple be cute together, and you get a, a couple chuckles out of it, right? Uh, not not super for me, but like I thought, uh, Comey was also like you know a pretty good execution of that. It's like very nicely animated and it's kind of fun and cute. Uh, just maybe not not super duper for me. Yeah. And I would also say, it, to Shikimori's credit, I'm a big fan of when characters are actually dating. Yeah. Instead of just dancing around dating, that was like something I think both of us liked about Mysterious Girlfriend X, mm. where they pretty quickly, quick, pretty quickly get into the actual dating part. So like this is starts right from the beginning as they're in a relationship. So that's at least a little different from stuff where they're just constantly like 
will they, won't they? And at least the milk toast protagonist isn't so wishy-washy about expressing things yeah. that you're always like raising your fist at the screen, going, "God, man, just grow up here." Um, but no, he's he's actually you know, and he's not forceful about anything, but he's very considerate, and he asks and he expresses himself for uh, towards his girlfriend, and you yeah, know, it's, it's a very <laughs> it's an actual healthy relationship despite everything trying to kill the main character. That's true. This is such a low bar, but it is it's really frustrating even for high schoolers when uh when anime protagonists are in a relationship but they still do the will they won't they? They're mm. like, "Oh, but, 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 but we're going to hold hands." It's like, "Yeah." Like I know kids are awkward in high school, but like uh you know, I had I had friends who were dating a bunch in high school and they were they were holding hands, they were doing they weren't like Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> I don't know. That's America. It's not Japan. But I think in Japan that also happens, right? I think this is an exaggeration for for anime's sake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also need to shout out. You know, I, I was almost not going to watch this, and I did watch it. I uh, watched the first episode because Ink notified me that there was an important character in mm. Shikimori, and he was correct. Uh, our favorite character, of course, uh, can say it. Uh, say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Hachimitsu. <laughs> uh, she's great. Yeah, she's the kind of deadpan, Susie esque character. The always the best character in any of these shows. My my favorite. If I can spoil one gag with her, and you sure. can't spoil it because it's all in the delivery of the voice, right during the thing. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, during one of the sports events i think she gets handed a megaphone to cheer her friends on and it's the exact same deadpan in the in the <laughs> megaphone i'm just like I, I love that <laughs> yeah always good i don't know who the voice actor is on it i didn't look it up but uh they're, they're doing a good job there and i also kind of like i mean i feel like in these shows the they really live and die by their their secondary characters right so I did think the the secondary cast in episode one was pretty fun. I like I like uh, Hachimitsu, who's the deadpan girl, and then uh, the boy whose name I'm forgetting has a a friend named like Inuzuka or something like that. And then uh, Shikimori has a friend named like Nekozaka or something. I love so her. It's, and they and they are they're rivals and probably you know it's, they seem pretty easy to ship. And it's like dog and cat. It's like that's a fun concept. <laughs> And the cat has a wonderful side eye. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know who did the character designs or uh, who maybe is doing the the modeling, I guess, for them. But the the side eye she throws constantly (laughs) at the main character, uh, Shikimori, uh, is just so beautifully wonderful. Because you can't do it in a single frame. There's always just this expressiveness in between the frames that just really bring out the, uh uh-huh sort of thing in her expression uh also really good op and ed on this show i would say yeah Hmm. like it's it's really uh they do some interesting color stuff in the the opening and the ending i really like that it's it's basically like a like an infinite runner video game because it's uh it's shikimori and uh her boyfriend whose name i can't even remember walking down the street and then she's like moving left and right between different lanes to avoid obstacles it's basically like an infinite runner i was thinking it was paperboy but uh yeah infinite runner (laughs) i actually haven't played paperboy but that it might be like paperboy yeah 
Paperboy, paperboy. It's all about that paperboy. Uh, speaking of it's all about that paper, let's talk about Birdie Wing. <laughs> I'm sorry, you didn't say the name correctly. It's Black Legolf. Black Legolf. <laughs> okay, it took me a second. Sounds like something different when you say it that way. But uh, yes, Birdie Wing... Uh, they kind of kept the premise under wraps, right? We talked about it on a previous episode and we were like, oh, it's going to be like girls playing golf. It turns out it's about like a girl who's like golf mercenary <laughs> who puts on like masks. Like like she goes undercover pretending to be famous golfers and plays as them in tournaments. Mission Impossible Golf. <laughs> it's like there's an incredible scene near the end of the first episode where a character asks her to like just play regular golf or whatever and she just like gets really serious and goes like i just hit a ball with a stick for money <laughs> i a love cool show i loved i think it's in the second episode there's a like a street hustle game and of course <laughs> it's it's like mini golf related and i'm like are you fucking uh, kidding fucking me? rules i i i do this is a show i do want to keep up with i don't know if i will because i'm just really busy with other stuff but uh, I I thought this was like a lot of fun, uh, just very very different. And I wouldn't say it's like really crazy. Like I guess I, you know I think people maybe oversold that aspect. Like I was thinking this is going to be like JoJo's or something, but it is it is weird enough. It's like this is not a regular sports thing. This is they're like doing you know golf gambling. It's a little more hardcore and and fun. This this is the skate the infinity of the season. That's what I've heard people compare it to, which from what I've seen of that show seems pretty accurate. It's it's like a little more toned down, like you said. It's it's more mm-hmm. towards the sports angle, but it's got the the sort of commitment to its crazy that Skate had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely uh, uh, definitely recommending this one based on the first episode. Yeah, and I, I hope I can keep up with it. Uh, you can pick one. Okay, another sports anime. Let's uh, let's hit up Fanfare of Adolescence, which is this is a, uh, ink only. I didn't watch this. So this is a uh, a sports anime about an idol who decides to quit being an idol and wants to do horse racing instead, and he okay. kind of upsets the idol world because he's like the main uh, guy in this idol group, and. You know, it's breaking the entire group apart. And this, what I like about the series is it actually has kind of repercussions because uh, this guy is just off on a selfish uh, selfish tangent, uh, what he wants to do. He's no longer happy with the idol community or whatever. Um, so his coming to the school is overshadowed by like stalkers from the idol world, like managers and... Um, fans and stuff like that kind of encroaching on him press is all around uh, like trying to figure out why he's switching gears and leaving and a lot of people are trying to force him back um, but it's just another sports anime it's just a way around forming the club at school um, so far nothing's really had that big of an impact as far as story goes with the mm. idol aspects but it does show like this small group of horse racing students and the school itself being kind of happy for the exposure that they're getting because of this guy coming. Um, and they know what it is, but it's kind of a double-edged sword, double-edged sword. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it's 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 got a bunch of pretty fun characters, and it's mostly a male focused uh, student body. There's one girl in there, um, and you know so what we you're know getting into. For. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. you're getting into, and it's it's the writing's decent enough. It's kept my attention, and it's got some good visualizations concerning the horses and kind of the uh, the allure. This one want to be jockey feels for the sport um yeah it's it's, it's yeah, fun it's, a, it's fun it's involving show show for her horse girls for sure no uh, anthropomorphism though no it's not about horse girls but it's for horse girls definitely uh i will say really bad title like put horse in the title please mm. like you know i did i had no idea it was about horses i had i didn't even know what the show was about I, I knew the name. <laughs> that was it. Maybe it's not about the horses. It's about the boys. But still, useful to know the the actual premise somewhere in the title. Totally agree. I'm going to pick something from your list because we're getting down to the last few for me. You watched the Healer Girl show. What's the full title? Healer Girl. I did not actually write down the long winding thing that comes underneath the title. Okay, so I think someone was telling me what this is about. This is like a music thing? This is actually pretty interesting. It's uh, a world where, I guess it's set a little bit in the future, where um, there are now three types of medicine, not Eastern or Western, but Eastern, Western, and musical. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, and it's it's an established science this uh, medical healing through music, um, and it's basically uh, like you would have like a midwife sort of as the 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 song singing, and then you you know pass it off to a doctor. Uh, like all every, these girls go through training to become registered healers, and then that's what they are. But it's all healing and. Uh, healing through songs so they're, they're, they're healing up cuts and bruises and probably more um, but solely through practice with their voice and visualizations of whatever they're trying to accomplish with their song uh, it's quite lovely they uh the sentiment behind it is you know of course like music heals but um there's a, a couple of awesome standout moments especially in the first episode because uh, these these girls who are trying to learn to become healers are not supposed to be just going about willy-nilly healing people with songs because, you know, things could have consequences. And there's an, uh, a bit in one episode, I forget whether it's one or two, but uh, a woman is going into labor early uh, and the girl knows not to practice on her, but she wants to calm her down. So she starts singing the song and uh, Marvelous... Uh, magical realism things happen, um, which are the, the visualizations are awesome and quite honest. Um, but I was waiting because I'm the jerk I am. I was waiting for something to go horribly wrong and for her to, for her to injure the the baby um, or the fetus, and you know to realize that she shouldn't really be stepping in while while she hasn't learned everything yet. But that does not happen. Uh, it's got a lot of a large cast of goofy characters, uh, so it's it, it walks the line of being really um, hyper, but it stays on the good side of that. Uh, 
yeah, it's it's really worth watching week to week. And the, the animation in the opening is gorgeous. Yeah, I might check that out. I think it the title makes it sound like an isekai, and so I didn't really pay too much attention. You know, because so many isekai have the like sort of uh, class, like D&D mm-hmm. class names in the title and stuff, and so it's like if you're glancing at it, you're like, oh, another isekai thing, or, you know, kind of fantasy thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah isekai-esque fantasy which is its own genre now where there's not actually an isekai but it's still the conventions of the genre otherwise yeah i think the only reason i started watching it because i I caught the uh the trailer for it Mm, okay yeah uh all right i will talk about aharen san wa hakarenai which is uh first off bad translation or lack thereof i don't know why crunchyroll didn't translate the title maybe it's like a licensor thing or something but just having it in like straight up japanese as like a sentence is is not great Uh, i forget what this means exactly i thought i'm looking it up and it doesn't seem to be coming up in my dictionary but i thought it was something like not like uh being too close or something but uh, or failing to measure the distance or something like that, because that is the premise of it. But uh, someone who knows Japanese can tell me the actual meaning of it. Uh, this is a single couple rom-com or sort of like not quite a rom-com, but probably will end up being a rom-com. Um, and the gimmick is that the main girl talks really quiet. Um and she's got like a bit of a complex about being too loud. And so it's all just this weird, it's almost like a, like an ASMR thing of it's, it's all about like getting really close and her whispering what she's saying to the main character. What and was also that, she's Adam? tiny. Come a little closer. That's right. A little closer, please. Uh, she's tiny. She looks like an elementary school student, which is a great anime trope that, the you know is living for a thousand years and we'll never see the end of it uh this was whatever i watched this so i would have some more stuff on my list i barely remember what happened in the episode it's fine it wasn't like bad it was just it's kind of like all right if you want a if this genre is what you like it's more of that and it's fine it's kind of cute um but i didn't you know shikimori was much more memorable than this in in terms of that genre Let's see. You have the girl from the other side on your list of things you want to watch, but you didn't get to it, right? Or is I don't think it not it's out, out yet? yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was on the I... Kickstarter for that, though, and everybody who should check that thing out because that looks gorgeous. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how that looks in animation. I read the first volume of the manga, and uh, I didn't didn't like it didn't super stick out to me story wise, but. Uh, I, I think I would probably just need to read more of it, but it was definitely like the, I like the art style a lot. The whole like aesthetic of it and, and vibe is very mm-hmm. cool. Um, and it's especially, it's the sort of thing that seems very difficult to bring over to animation. So I'm, is that wit doing that? What's the studio? Yes. Making that? Yeah. I'm very curious to see how they pulled that off. Cause it, it, the trailer, I think I saw a trailer for it a while back looked very cool. So just a really quick, note for tamadachi uh, tamadachi game uh mm-hmm. it was basically as the gods will with a little bit of kakaguri in it um not any of the fun anti-capitalistic stuff just the 
you know, the games itself. Um, it's a bunch of kids. Uh, someone gets money stolen. All of a sudden kids are playing these, uh, not life or death games, but, uh, money accumulation games, uh, all designed to increase or decrease their debt or wealth. And, uh, you know, it all depends on the friendship between the kids, how they can bond together to sort of, uh, go against the rules or use the rules to defeat the game master who they totally don't know who it is. And it's just this big creepy mascot guy who's kind of got guiding through guiding guiding the kids through the game uh meanwhile two onlookers are checking out a bunch of television scenes and it's just really not compelling at all it's <laughs> another <laughs> genre that's in right now right yeah. the survival game yeah it's uh eh. <laughs> like uh, yeah, it's yeah you you made a joke in the notes where you were like squid game right and like uh, i think we're not far enough away from Squid Game yet to see the anime that will come out of Squid Game being popular, but mm. and, and the manga, right? But that is, uh, I'm I'm certain that's coming. Yeah. Instead, just watch Squid Game because that was great. Yeah, I guess Squid Game. To be fair, Squid Game was riding an existing wave of that stuff, right? Like it, it kind of was out there already before Squid Game. But uh, I think you know anything that gets that big. Like there's going to be a ton of imitators uh, in the same way that like, you know, years later, we anime kind of anime and manga and light novels caught up and just was like, all right, everything is Harry Potter. Everything is magic school. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's I guess we only have two more, right? So let's do uh, dance, dance, dancer. And then we'll hit your last one. Right. So we both watched this series. I was not, I didn't know much about it. I just saw the, the like key art and, you know, okay, it looks like a shoujo dance thing, uh, potentially interesting. And so I, I gave it a try. It turns out it's not shoujo. It's actually a seinen manga, but created by a uh, shoujo artist. So it's based on a manga by George Asakura, who created Drowning Love, which, uh, I have read a little bit of it's on Azuki. That's, that's how I've read it actually. Um, so yeah, it's about, uh, it's kind of a lot of the standard genre stuff of, you know, th- this kind of, I guess it's sports, but it, it's basically, there's like a broader genre here, which is like teenager discovers a passion love project for yeah. some kind of, uh, some kind of passion, some kind of hobby or something. Right. And then pursues it. Uh, so in this case, it is ballet, and it's a, about a boy learning to do ballet. Uh, specific, I guess he already knows some ballet, which is kind of an interesting element of it. It's a lot of it is playing with like gender roles in the first episode, and I think that'll probably continue in subsequent episodes, where it's about him, um, like wanting to be manly and like kind of trying to reject his inherent love for ballet that he's had since he was a kid, and then by the end of the episode getting closer at least to being able to accept like this is what I want to do and you know screw everybody who says that boys can't dance yeah what did you think of this uh i i wasn't sure how i would find the sort of uh toxic masculinity that sort of the main characters just wrapped in uh mm-hmm. because you know his his dad dies and i th- I think his dad dies and that's why he, you mm-hmm. know, 
becomes the uber masculine person, a teenager he is, and just sort of goes from his love of dance to the love of uh, coordinated stunts, I think is what his dad did. Yeah, his dad was less. It's an interesting career to give the dad. It's a very like unusual one. So yeah, his dad's like right. a stunt coordinator for movies. And uh, so the the kid decides to you know follow up in his dad's footsteps. And you know his mom kind of knows like that's not what the kid wants to do. He's just doing it for circumstance. Um, and I'm, I'm, you just keep waiting for the kid to get taken down a peg, and he does. Thankfully, like most of the toxic shit doesn't last past episode one or two. Um, I say that being three episodes in, but you know, uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's some good moments legitimately, like the dad who was very down on his kid becoming a ballet student watches his son do ballet yeah. and is suddenly like, we're going to get you in the best school, you know, you want. <laughs> That's a really nice scene. I'm glad there's, there was a, there's another way to write that, that would not be as good. Right, which is that like he did it because he got pressure, or you know he stopped doing ballet because of pressure from his dad, right? Mm. But it's it's a lot more complex, and it like paints his dad in a much better light. Where his dad was initially like, "Boys shouldn't do ballet," and then sees the passion that he has for it, and goes like, "You know what? I'm I'm with you on this. Like, I want you to do the thing you love." But yeah, then the, shortly the, the, after, his dad dies, and then it's 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 not his dad making him not do ballet. His dad you know, if he were still alive, probably wanted him to, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's him doing it. It's like him assuming what his dad would have wanted, right? And kind of like going back on what he initially wanted. Yeah, and and That's like a can... much more interesting, complex set of reasoning behind what he does. Definitely, because you can put that immediately on the immaturity of like male youths and like mm -hmm. how, how quick they are to sort of over-identify with something they really don't know. And... uh yeah, yeah I, exactly. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I really like, just from an animation perspective, I like the focus on movement. The mo I mean, and it's, it's mm -hmm. silly to have to emphasize that because this is all about ballet where it's all about movement. But it really does. And I don't, I, you'd have to speak to the animators as, as far as stretch and um, abstraction goes, I guess, in limb movement. But they do pay really close attention to how things are moving on screen and it looks gorgeous whenever they want it to. Well, so this is animated at MAPPA and shares a lot of staff with Yuri and Ice, which was the first uh, thing I did when I was watching it. I was like, oh, I got to look this up. Like this looks like it's giving me a lot of Yuri and Ice vibes. And I'm not sure. I wasn't sure if that was just because of the, the premise, right? And the fact that there's dancing, but uh, it definitely shares a bunch of animators and animation directors and stuff. Uh, I couldn't. I didn't see that the there were like the lead animators on the Yuri on Ice skating scenes were not. I didn't see them in the credits, but it's a bunch of other animators who did like you know various scenes in Yuri. So that is like I think if you enjoyed Yuri, you're probably going to get something out of this. But it's it's definitely more uh, seinen-y in terms of you know as a male protagonist who's definitely straight who you know he you don't see a panty shot but he sees a girl's panties and he's like oh god i saw a girl's panties like it's got that kind of stuff in it so it's not not the sort of uh sort of uh queer paradise that yuri on ice exists in mm. uh yeah it's uh also the, the the other thing is the character designs and just the 
there's kind of like a general like George Asakura style that comes through nicely in the animation. He has this this very weird way of drawing characters with these big, but like kind of angular looking eyes. It's there's like a or sorry, I say he uh, because George is a a male name, but actually, uh, it's a she. Is I think it's like a pen name that she uses. The the author is a she, George Asakura, but um. Yeah, she's got this interesting style that like it's it's feels like shoujo meets a certain it has a certain element of almost like hard boiled looking seinen stuff. Uh, even in her shonen work or in her sorry in her shoujo work, so uh, it's kind of just a very interesting style. And she has like a very moody like her characters do a lot of like glancing and and kind of like it, moody is the best word for it. Uh, got the ballet that, like, teacher, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really like there's a lot of like cool close-ups and stuff that they do in the, in the anime that I think like really gets that across of, you know, the kind of inner worlds of these characters. I was pretty impressed with this. This is something I'd like to watch more of. Yeah. From the key art, I actually thought for a moment it was the same person who was doing like house of five leaves. Um, Oh, I can't Natsume remember. Ono? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it, obviously not, but yeah, I also enjoyed the, the oddness of the character designs. It was uh, a welcome break from the cookie cutter. Yeah, you should check out like her her actual manga work because it's like it's it's weird looking. It's definitely like Drowning Love is a is a strange looking and very dark shoujo manga. <laughs> I, I was looking at the titles from some of her other works, and uh, I was like instantly drawn to a perfect day for love letters. <laughs> hmm. All right, I don't, I'm not familiar with that. The only one I know is Drowning Love. I don't know what else she's had put out in English. Um, yeah, so I think we've only got one left, and that is an ink. Oh no, it's a want to watch, but you can talk about it before we get out of here. Uh, that's Ascendance of a Bookworm, season three. Yeah, it's uh, it's more of that title. It's an isekai, but it's uh, all about a girl who loves books so much, and she's thrust back into a time where books aren't as readily available. So she decides to make them, but making paper and bookbinding in general is super prohibitive, cost prohibitive. Uh, so she uh, has to join a church because they have access to stuff. Um, Helen's going to kill me because I'm forgetting like all the details. Oh, yeah. Uh, Helen's a big fan of this, right? I I feel like I see her tweeting about it. Yeah. Yeah. I was the first two seasons are super fun and I've got to revisit, obviously, um, the end of season two to remember where things left off. But uh, things are like getting really weird because she's in the church and now fighting monstrous weeds alongside people who don't want her to be in the church because she's so young and of a different class, I think. Yeah, Helen's just going to rip my heart out. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's the same, more of the same. Uh, and it was thoroughly enjoyable to watch. So I don't see myself not watching the third season of it. Cool. Yeah, I feel like that's an isekai that gets complimented by uh, people who I trust a little bit more on that front in terms of not being uh, not being like big isekai people, but they, they like Ascendance of a Bookworm, so... Just hook me up with Reader Die and Ascendance of a Bookworm and get all my nerdy book girls <laughs> together and, you know. Yeah. So that is it for the spring 2022 anime season. Uh, just to run down one more time, what do we expect that we're actually going to be watching? How about you? Dance, Dance, Dancer, Fanfare of Adolescent, Healer Girl, uh, Birdie Wing, 
if nothing else, Birdie Wing. Birdie Wing is my show of the season. Hmm. Um, your boy Koming and Spy, Spy Family. For me, uh, aspirationally, because let's be real about this, <laughs> uh, I'm probably not going to watch most of these things, but uh, Birdie Wing is top of my list and Dance Dance Dancer is interesting and I'd like to watch more of that. I'm not sure if I would actually be able to keep up with Love After World Domination. Um, and I think Spy Family, uh, I like... I like the way I like what the anime is doing, but if I wanted to jump back into that, I would probably just pick up where I left off in the manga instead. So probably not going to keep up with the anime version of that. And I might keep reading it because I, yeah, people have told me it gets more into my kind of stuff later. So uh, the anime might give me the impetus to go back and read more of the manga. So that's it for the season. Ink, where can people find you? I uh, can find me on the Tweety box at ink underscore just underscore ink or uh, check out stanzacanon.com for all your poetry needs. Uh, well, yeah. What is that? Tell people what that is. Stanza Canon is a quarterly, quarterly literary zine for audio poetry. So there is no page flipping. There is simply sitting back and listening to poets spit their shit. Cool. Very cool. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at sign Vamptvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. And Anagamers is at sign Anagamers on Twitter. We post updates on there. You can also, let's see, other stuff from me. You can read my articles in Anime News Network in particular, which is where I've, I'm, I'm back on that horse writing again. I wrote an article that uh, some people were talking about, about uh, dubbing pay rates and unionization in uh, the anime dubbing industry it was uh it kind of made made a made a little bit of a splash uh which is good even though the subject is kind of depressing and uh, i'm working on some more stuff related to that actually so look forward to that coming soon uh, as well as articles from me and other folks on anygamers.com and in the anygamers patreon which you can give uh, you can give some money to $5 gets you access to all of the cool bonus content. We've got some, some stuff that we recorded that we're working on getting up soon from me and David and lots of back catalog stuff, including, uh, two special watch along series that Inc did for old talk no radio that you can check out one for space brothers and one for uh, avatar, the last airbender. Did I hit most of my stuff there? I think that's just about it. Uh, I think you did. So I yeah. If I could just come in one second, Corey would kill me if I didn't say, go uh, listen to Taiku Podcast. It's a sports-centric anime podcast with a lot of other stuff, including me as their official bad sports anime correspondent. So you can find out which sports shows to avoid. It's a good time. Ink is insane uh, for watching all that bad sports anime, but he does it all for you. So go listen to the Taiku Podcast. <laughs> And if you're not already subscribed to the Any Gamers podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave us reviews, particularly on iTunes, but anywhere that lets you leave a review to help more people find the show. Thanks for recording once again, Inc. Thanks for actually watching anime, unlike some uh, podcasters uh, who will not be named. I'm not making fun of David here. I'm making fun of me. Uh, we'll see you all next next season. <laughs>